You're like a cat on my hot tin roof. I love it when you scratch and bite. You got my heart in a hangman's noose. Pull the rope and make it tight. Love's like a chain holding you to me. You're the lock, baby, I'm the key. Don't want to walk because we're caught in a fantasy. Girl, you want me to cry, feel like I'm going to die. Girl, you want me to bleed, feel the thrill of my need. Girl, you want me to beg, wish to hell I was dead. Because you love me to hate you. You love me to hate, 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 hate you. Girl, you love me to hate you. And the more that I hate you, I love you. See, folks, it's a thin line between love and hate. Growing Up Rock Podcast. Turn it up. I hate Brussels sprouts. I hate when I run out of ice cream. I hate exercising. I hate scary movies. I hate the Washington Redskins. But I love you, Stephen. How you doing? <laughs> God, there's so much shit that I love and hate. We don't even want to start that list. <laughs> I'm doing awesome there, Hollywood. How are you, man? You good? Anything interesting happened to you this week? Oh, uh, I found out I'm not a perfect individual and I found out maybe others aren't so perfect either, but you know, we're just living life. Yeah, we all got faults. What are you going to do, right? That's right. You know something else that I absolutely hate? I got to tell you, dude, I hate, hate, hate Ticketmaster service fees. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, bro? When I go to when I go to buy a freaking twenty dollar ticket and it costs me forty bucks to buy the ticket, I'm really not happy with that, dude. I mean, you've seen some of this shit going on with Ticketmaster and all this different uh, concert stuff, right? Yeah, this whole L.A. Times article about you know Ticketmaster allowing scalpers and they're encouraging and they have this whole backdoor business where they're allowing these third party i guess sellers to grab the ticket and then Ticketmaster would charge them a fee for charging the customer a fee you know so the days of me waiting outside the door of the warehouse records being second in line knowing i'd probably get fifth row Right, those days are over. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, we we we've been talking about this a lot. I mean, back in the old days, waiting in line to get, you know, the best seats available and nowadays you can be the first on your computer and like half the seats are already sold, you know, because they sell them off to credit card companies and things like that. And I'd rather them just say tickets for this show are 30 bucks, period instead of 20 plus 10. You know what I mean? Like, just give me a bottom line price and then I can decide whether or not I want to go. Yeah, because uh, I travel a lot. So Southwest does that. Like right. if you go and you're trying to pick a flight, it'll say it's $147 to go from Oakland to Milwaukee or whatever, right? Yeah. But then when you go to actually buy the ticket, then it'll show you it's $112 for the ticket, $20 for this service fee, $18 for fuel or whatever, but it'll still add up to 147 So they give you the final price to choose from. Right. 
yeah. right? Where these agencies, what they're doing is trying to make you fall in love with the seat first, where you're going to be sitting. So that way they figure, well, I was already willing to spend $200. So what's the difference of spending $240? Yeah. That's uh, crazy. Yeah. If the Ticketmaster type agencies were to say, look, all these second selling, third party selling, whatever you want to call them, these businesses like StubHub, blah, 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 they're all breaking the law. It'd be over. Then everything would go back to Ticketmaster. But I think what the worry is, these agencies are worried. They wouldn't sell any tickets. Yeah. It's selling tickets, so what do they care? Yeah, I just I think they're all in bed together when concert promoters and ticket agents and third-party ticket scalpers, when they're all in the same bed and all reporting to the same company. Kind of a definition of a monopoly, isn't it? Yeah, there's just something a little funky about it. I, I don't get it. Yeah, me neither. But hey, we're still going to go to see concerts, aren't we? Uh, yeah, but a lot like our friends, I go to a lot more club gigs now oh, yeah. and sometimes I'll just buy at the door. Me too. Unfortunately, it's because all my favorite bands are pretty much playing clubs now. So, well, you know, that's a bonus. <laughs> <laughs> it's sad to say, but yeah, unfortunately that is the deal. So what are you going to do about that? Not much I yeah. can do about that. Last night I went and took myself to a club gig, the bullet boys and enough's enough. Okay, so I'm still confused. Who headlined? Technically, the Bullet Boys headlined. Okay. So it was Bullet Boys, Enough's Enough, and there was this band from California that are friends of theirs called Pump 5 that opened up the show. Okay. But here's the cool thing about Pump 5. So I walked in pretty much halfway through their set because I just didn't want to get to the club that early, and I didn't know a whole lot about Pump 5. But when I got in there, I kind of recognized the guitar player. I was like, that dude looks like somebody. So I look him up on their website and it's close, but it's spelled differently. And I'm like, okay. And then I looked up his picture on his Facebook page and I'm like, okay, that's the same dude. So the guy's name is Alex Kane. You familiar with Alex Kane? Why does that name sound familiar? All right. Well, I'll I'll educate you quickly. You'll probably recall quickly, but Alex Kane is, first of all, the original guitar player in Enough's Enough. Before they even got signed, he was the guitar player. Okay. Uh, So the story goes that uh, record companies and the people didn't really like his style and how he fit the band. They got rid of him. They got uh, Derek Frego in the band. They got signed. That's kind of the short version of it, right? Okay. But Alex Kane, what I most know him for is that he was the guitar player in Life, Sex, Death. So you've heard me talk about Life, Sex, Death before. Yeah. I like this band a lot. I really, really was a big fan of Life, Sex, Death. They were awesome to see live. They had a weirdness to them. The singer was a bum. There's a lot of people in the podcast community, in the rock podcast community, that are fans of Life, Sex, and Death. They really like the record. We played them before on the show. They're just a cool band. They only had the one album out back in, uh, I want to say, 92, 94 time frame, somewhere in and around there. He was the uh, guitar player in that band. Uh, so he and he and I, I think I blew his mind a little bit because he walked up to me and he's really nice. And I go, hey, I go, are you Alex Kane? And he goes, I am. And I said, well, look, <laughs> this is going to be weird to you, but I know a whole lot about you. And he goes, okay. 
<laughs> and I said, because I knew nobody, you know, nobody in this club in Georgia was going to know this dude. Right. So I figured, Hey, you know, this will make this guy feel pretty good that somebody actually knows his story. And so I just started spewing out. I said, Hey man, I know you're the original guitar player enough snuff before they got signed. He goes, that's right. I go, I know that you uh, were the guitar player in Life, Sex, and Death. And I just, I saw his face light up, right? So so I know I made his day. And it was cool. We just had a conversation about it. Uh, we talked a little bit about the band. We talked a little bit about what he's got going on now. And uh, hopefully in the future, I can get him on to kind of do an episode with me for Life, Sex, and Death. And we can cover kind of cover that record because, I mean, that I was a really big fan of that band i saw them live i enjoyed it and uh, i enjoy that album today so that was cool for me i enjoyed that well that's cool then enough's enough came on did their thing their set was pretty much standard I, it hasn't been that long since i've seen them i saw them uh, a few months back and uh, they were great then too so he's got such a great band behind him Tori's an amazing guitar player and good solid rhythm section and so they were really good and then the bullet boys came on and uh they did their thing and it's just you know mark sounds great he sounds every bit as good as he did back in the day i mean he's still hitting high notes he sounded really really good i don't know if i ever get used to seeing him play guitar and not just be an all-around front guy you know he does his thing he's enjoying it he looked good he sounded good Band sounded good. Played a bunch of those classic Bullet Boy tunes that I love so much. Um, and a couple of new tunes. And so it was a good set. Good time. Now, is he doing all the lead guitar too? He is pretty much, yeah. They've got another guitar player. I mean, they've got uh, this guy, Nick. You know, nowadays, especially on tours like this, and it was the same with Enough's Enough, it's the same with Bullet Boys, but they've got guys in the band that are doing double duty as also the tour manager. Yeah. So Nick, I think uh, Rozzy is his name, but Nick is the guitar player in Bullet Boys, but also the tour manager. I dealt with Nick a little bit for tickets last night, and maybe in the future we're going to do something with uh, Mark and get him on the show and talk to him a little bit. Yeah, all good. Yeah, it makes sense, right? If he's going to be the tour manager, and if he can play a good rhythm guitar and he looks good, you know, and if... Mark's going to handle the rest, then I guess you'd go out with anybody you want. You know, he got up on stage last night before the show started and just was kind of sound checking his gear. And that dude can rip on guitar. <laughs> I mean, he was, he was playing that thing like he owned it. He got up there and doing a bunch of Van Halen stuff and just, you know, I mean, he was shredding. Uh, he's really pretty good guitar player. Yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing him on the cruise. Yeah, that's right. Uh, we will get to see those guys on the Monsters of Rock cruise. So it was all good. So, uh, hey, I know there's a lot of people out there wondering what it is I think or what it is I've got on my mind. And, uh, you know, I'll be happy to share everything that's on my mind right at the end of this show. But I'll be honest, we want to get into what we got going on this week and this week it is a themed episode and what it is all about stopping the hate and starting the love brother so (laughs) before we get into that everyone's got a rock and roll story to tell and we want to hear yours 
So go to our website at growinguprock.com. That's one word, G-R-O-W-I-N-U-P-R-O-C-K.com. Or visit us on our Facebook page at Growing Up Rock and tell us all about it. All right, so Growing Ups of the Week, these are all the people that shared us on Facebook and retweeted us on Twitter and from our last uh, Cinderella episode, so now this that's a... Uh, I think that's two episodes ago. Uh, there was people that were sharing their top five, so I kind of grabbed their top song. Uh, so if they shared and they gave us their top song, I'm going to tell you that too. So the folks that shared and retweeted, EMZT's Infamous, Sean Love, Aaron Baker, The Mockers Podcast, Indie Music Zone, Rodney Dixon, Bill Elam, and he said his favorite Cinderella song is Somebody Save Me, uh, just like us, Mr. Shortstop 3, Focus on Metal, Little Fish, Alan Tate, Marcelo Verzi, Christian Ionetti, and his favorite Cinderella song was Gypsy Road, Mike Purnell, Janet Eck, Andrew Block, Jody Havnot, Rick Frio, Mr. Cole Thornton, Ken Mills, and he said his favorite uh, Cinderella song, Shake Me, Jay Sabluski, Little Fish, Nighthawk, Andrew Jacobs, James A. Souza, Bella Lowe's 1966, Eco 1914 said their Favorite Cinderella song is Dead Man's Road. Dirk Sokolowski, David Cathy, Chris James Anrachak. And the favorite Cinderella song was Bad Seamstress Blues and Falling Apart at the Seams. Love it. Mark Winder 8, Music Palace Radio, Ogata, Adam Cox, David Hudson, and Huddy's favorite song was Gypsy Road. Shawana Lee, Darren Helligwell, and uh, the favorite song was Wind of Change. I Love It Loudcast, Steve Wright, Jason Alexander, Daryl Alber, Chris Fretwell. His favorite song was Back Home Again. Classic Rock Drops, Eladio. Love Kills 78's favorite song was Heartbreak Station. The Power Chord Channel, Digital Killed. BJ Cramp, his favorite Cinderella song was Gypsy Road. For Khan Khalil, Podcast Rock City, HK Collectibles, Decibel Geek, Trace Mess 469, Brad Rustoven, and he said... His favorite Cinderella single is Shake Me. Deep Cut is Night Songs. Uh, Sinzak shared us. Tony Masalam, his favorite one was Somebody Save Me. Big surprise. He was standing right next to me while we were screaming it. Lady Lake PR, Tuxedo Wolf, said their favorite Cinderella song was Nobody's Fool. Peter Cessary, Courtney Cronin Dole, Jason Kearney, Victor Ruiz, and Ear Peeler, Save Rock and Metal, said their favorite one was Once Around the Ride. The Peter Principles, Restrained, and Podchaser. So thank you for sharing, retweeting, telling us your favorite Cinderella songs. It's all been good. Yeah, there were a lot of heartbreak stations in there, which is like, you know, I mean, it's just a kind of straight-ahead blues tune. I don't, that doesn't, maybe it's because it's sort of a slower tune for me, but uh, there were a lot of people that had that in their top five. Yeah. I know Ken Mills did, so did BJ, but yeah, yeah, I was just like a little surprised at that one, you know? I mean, I think they got far better ballads, but before we get into tonight's episode, I do want to thank everybody that was so awesome and voting for us in the Podcast Kings Tournament. We appreciate everybody's support. It was fantastic. And we just want to wish everybody that's still in the race the best of luck in moving forward. Sonny, you want to add anything to that, brother? No, there's some great podcasts. I thought Victor did a great job of setting it up. I was surprised we got three votes because I figured me and Steven would be the only ones voting for us. I didn't even know who the third vote was going to be. You talking about three rounds? 
No, three votes, period. Oh, we got three votes. That's all we got. <laughs> no, that's all I thought we were going to get. Oh, yeah. Okay. Because <laughs> um, I know my wife's not going to vote for us, and I don't think your wife, wife voted, so I don't know. So to have hundreds of people vote for us, and, you know, it was near 200 at one point, uh, that's great. You know, I, I appreciate it. I, I'm glad fans listen. I, you know, I'm sure there's just as many people that maybe don't like what we do versus that do like what we do. And, uh, you know, I'm just trying to do it for fun. Uh, I'm glad people listen. Yeah, that's, that's it. We were surprised with the turnout. Be honest with you. We've only been in this thing for about a year. So, uh, we were definitely, in my opinion, the underdogs, as I said, and I'll say it again, going up against some of these mega podcasts that have been around for five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years. But hey, there you go. That's my take on it. Best of luck to everybody. Let's get into this episode now. Last week, we did the Craig Goldie interview. And like we have been trying to kind of do. We don't always succeed in this, but we do uh, interview episode and then we come right back with a themed episode. This week is all about themed episodes. And this one has been on our list for quite some time. We got a list that we put together with ideas and themes and stop the hate. Start the Love was an appropriate one to put together. And this is all about rock and metal songs that have to do with hate and love, basically, right? Right, and we got some great songs. It's just so interesting how those two words are always like right next to each other. I mean, they're polar opposites, but they come into play in the same sentences a lot. Oh yeah, it's a yin and a yang, man. There is no there is no love without hate. There is no good without bad. There is no evil without I don't know. What what's the opposite of evil? Uh goodness, I don't know. Goodness. Striper, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Striper versus evil. I'll tell you, I try to stay on the side of, you know, loving everything and all that, but you know, I dip into the hate thing every once in a while too. I'm trying to be better, but it's a lot happier to stay on the love side, that's for sure. Yeah, we've got a good one. And so I'm excited, Sonny, because we're going to get back to doing exactly why we're doing this thing in the first place, which is it's all about the rock and roll. It's all about the music. Uh, there's enough drama and all this other stuff out in the world, and I don't feel like taking part in it. Let's play some music. So before we do that, we need to do this. It's time for the Crank It Up New Music Spotlight. All right, so the Crank It Up Spotlight. So there is a band out there called Roxanne, and no, it's not the police song. They were the L.A.-based band around in the mid-'80s. They released a debut record, and for some reason, and I this happened to a couple of L.A. bands, that, that first single that they released was like a cover. And it's like, man. And in this case, it was... Play that funky music. Yeah. And, you know, it charted a number 63 and blah, blah, blah. But it's just when you're coming out, especially at that time where there was so much competition, you really would feel like you should go out there, put original music out and let your music do the talking instead of somebody else's music do the talking. And what we found is a lot of these people that started with a cover didn't last long. Right. So so they released that first album. It does fine. It's a good album. It's 80s, you know, it's the 80s metal that you would think it, 
uh, was from L.A. Sounds like 80s. But they didn't really get anywhere, and it was at the tail end of uh, the whole scene anyway. And so they're gone for a while. Well, they're going to release their second album 30 years later. And I'm not exactly sure what brought them out again. I have no clue. It's basically the same guys that were in the band are in the band now. But now they've got some friends, and they must know KXM because yeah. Doug Pinnock is on some of these songs. Ray Luzier is on some of these songs. And the song that we're going to play for you, George Lynch, is the featured guy on guitar. Song is called Super Bad. Check this out.
so I dig that song. When you talked to me about this band, I went and checked out that 88 debut because that record came out in 88, which is kind of, you know, that's on the cusp of things kind of ending and the competition, like you said, is pretty hard and heavy. But this new tune, man, it's good, you know, and the record that I listened to, I thought was pretty straight ahead, hard rock, you know, might might be for a lot of people, one of those bands that kind of fell through the cracks. I don't think that it was as good as some of the bands that I considered fell through the cracks, you know, bands like Tangier and stuff like that, I think were better yeah. than this, but, but yeah, this new song, I like it super bad. What's your thought? Yeah, it's a great song and you got to go check out the video. Oh, the videos got the video get you going yeah. just like mtv used to get you going back in the day yeah sunny sent me this video and goes what do you think this is a good idea for crank it up spotlight and i said dude put that thing away in your pants because i looked at that video and i was like holy crap yeah it definitely yeah dudes go check it out <laughs> you know check it out for yourself super bad with roxanne featuring george lynch uh, yeah it's a fun video to watch for sure but one that should be watched in private i might add <laughs> all right so that brings us to enough of the crank it up spotlight All right, so it's time for the main discussion of the evening. Let's get into our stopping the hate and starting the love, Sonny. What we got? What we got? What we got? You want me to go first? Yeah, you go first. All right, so you want me to ease into this thing and start with a little bit of love versus the hate, sounds like. Yeah, there you go. All right, well, that's, you know, I'm all about the love, brother. So it is all about the love. And I noticed while looking over our song choices for this evening, I noticed that yours tend to be on the heavier side of things, I think. And I take the more melodic sort of straight ahead, hard rock pop approach, which is it's kind of our roles are a little bit reversed. Don't you think? Uh, I don't know. We're 50, 50, like the first four mine are harder and yours are more melodic. And the, but the last four mines are more melodic. And I think yours are, yeah, you know, that's pretty fair. You're yeah. pretty right. Okay. All right. So I'm going to start with a band that we don't play a whole lot on the show. And I think both of us like them quite a bit. We're both looking forward to seeing them on the cruise. And that is Taiketo. And we are going to go to the, I believe, second album that came out in 94, the Strength in Numbers record. And we're going to play a little ditty called Ain't That Love. Oh, 
Yeah, that's a great song. Let me tell you a little bit about the cruise because you're about to go on your first one. It's my second one, but you get a little flavor for it when you first go. We're having breakfast the first morning after we took off from the pier. And we're just sitting there, do-do-do, eating. And this guy sits down, hey, how you guys doing? I'm like, uh, good. Why are you sitting here? <laughs> Was this you and your wife? No, no, no. Me, Tony, his wife, and his brother. And my brother. Okay. Right? All right. And I think half of us were at breakfast and half weren't because some of us hadn't gotten up yet. And uh, so this guy sits down. So how you doing? You know, there's energy like at nine o'clock in the morning. I'm like, dude, it's like nine o'clock in the morning. I'm not awake yet. And he doesn't say who he is, but I knew who he was. Danny didn't. And it was Danny Vaughn. Yeah. Right. So sits down and says, you mind if I eat with you guys? And he's just kind of eating and talking. I'm like, dude, we saw you at the pre-party. You guys were awesome. He goes, yeah, you know, got these new guitar players. They're pretty good. And they're, you know, they're from Europe and they're, they're hot, man. You got to check them out. You got to check out my music. And, and he just kind of bouncing as he's eating and he was bouncing as he was leaving, like a really nice guy. I think he's got a great voice to be honest with you. I've always liked that kind of. Dude, Danny Vaughn's voice is awesome, man. He's a very underrated singer, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. And that the song you just played, that's got some R&B elements to it that, you yeah. know, that's one of the things that attracts me to that Taiketto. So. Yeah, awesome. Man, so your next one's going to be interesting for me because I went and checked it out. And uh, to be honest, I missed kind of this phase. But talk to me about this next choice of yours. Oh, yeah. So Priest, you know, Halford leaves. Decides to go do his own thing. He's doing a bunch of different things. But one of the things he did was a band called Halford. And I'll tell you, Rob, for all the things he's done since the mid-70s, right? They've been around since the mid-70s, right? Yep. His voice, even in 2000, was just unbelievable, untouchable. And so he puts this album out. Roy Z produces it. And heavy album. You know, it could easily been Priest Tunes. Uh, very similar. Guitar players are great. And he decides, you know what? I think I need a co-singer on this song. So see if you can pick out who the co-singer is. Song's called The One You Love to Hate. Yeah, we'll take you to the killing floor. 
right. So to me, that sounds like classic Priest. I mean, I could hear that song on the latest record, Firepower. Totally. And I'm, I don't know why, but I missed the whole Halford thing. I was in it for fight. I'm a huge Priest fan. Matter of fact, uh, shout out to the guys in Potter and Hell because I just finished an episode with those guys. And by the time you hear this, that episode will be out. But just did an episode with the guys in Potter and Hell covering Judas Priest. And just one of my top 10 bands. Love, love, love the Priest. So who was singing backups on this or who was singing co-lead on this song? Bruce Dickinson. So the two biggest iconic British heavy metal singers, in my opinion, right? Yeah. (laughs) Together on a song. And it sounded great together. It doesn't get any better than that, really and truly. I don't know how you look at it, but I've always kind of looked at Priest and Maiden as brother and sister bands. I mean, for me, I came into both those bands round about the same time, and both those bands are probably in my top My top five, maybe my top 10, but they're both there. I probably go so far as to say they're probably both in my top five of all-time bands as far as my high school years. Oh, yeah. And in Europe right now, you know, they're selling out arenas. I don't know if Maiden sells out arenas here, but if those two were to tour together, dude, they could sell out countries. Like, people love those two bands. Yeah, I really think far and above Maiden's popularity has just eclipsed priest for whatever reason they've you know just exploded and have covered so many different countries i saw priest less than two weeks ago dude they were the baddest i mean they were badass halford still sounds awesome i think what it is and nothing against maiden i actually like maiden better than i like priest like both bands but uh, i'm a huge maiden fan i think what it is is the licensing dude eddie is everywhere. So if you are a metal fan, a rebel, a punk fan, Eddie just kind of attracts you and you see maiden shirts all the time. I almost never see priest shirts. Yeah. See like what, what they should have done is, um, kind of what the guys in, uh, Cobras and fires talked about on their last episode of defenders of the faith, right? They should have had a cabbage patch, a medallion doll. they talked about making that metallion thing into you know cabbage patch dolls or whatever the hell they were talking about i don't know Uh, but they were talking about mass marketing the metallion so they should have they should have seen that one through maybe (laughs) that's what all right so it's on we've had enough hate for a minute let's get to some loving and this is probably one of my favorite house of lords records This is Sahara and a song called Chains of Love. Open up your hearts and let me in. Maybe take me under and bring me back again. There ain't nothing if I can't have you. It ain't nothing without you. Heaven in my
All right. So James Christian is another underrated singer. Love his voice. The minute he starts with open up your heart, the minute he does that, dude, it makes my hair stand up. That is a desert island album for me. I love that album. Yeah, it's great, great album. Doug Aldridge's guitar work is great on this record. And, you know, I just love this song. This song really gets me going. It's like melodic, hard rock, pop goodness. I love it. Yeah, love it, love it. Dude, there's an incredible ballad on that album, too. Dude, that album's awesome. (laughs) I love their remake of Can't Find My Way Home. I, I, I like it better than the original. Yeah, that's for sure. That's actually, yeah. I agree. That's actually better than the original. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But that is uh, Doug Aldridge on that record, right? Yeah, on part of it. Uh, he's doing some leads, but it doesn't quite say which leads he's done. And I've seen some interviews with him, and he's like, I'm not sure what's on what. They just told me to play a bunch of stuff. Yeah. I spoke maybe out of turn. I don't know if he was on that song or not, but yeah. I was pretty sure that he was listed as the guitar player on the record. So, all right. That's enough love and goodness. Let's get into some hate, damn it. All right. So if we got some hate, you know, Wasp is one of the (laughs) hated bands of the PRC ever. But, uh, you know, Wasp is, I don't think people realize, from 84 to 2009, Blackie was releasing a new album every two to three years. Like, he never stopped. And even if it got lost in the translation between you know, go into grunge, blah, blah, blah. Wasp always had that harder edge anyway, so it just kind of stood the test of time and worked itself through it. Uh, you know, he's done concept albums. He's had, especially Chris Holmes, been out of the band, I think, twice now. He did two different stints. But Blackie's a smart guy, right? First smart business guy. You know, some people would say maybe not the easiest guy to work with, but he knows what he's doing, and he's obviously educated. But even in this song and in this album, Although he played all the guitars, he's like, I can't do the leads. So he had Chris do all the leads, but Chris doesn't play any other guitar but the leads, which is a little weird. Frankie Benali on drums on this track, Mike Duda on bass. Take a listen to this song, Hate to Love Me, off of Unholy Terror, 2001.
Yeah, so I always end up finding Wasp tunes that I'm unfamiliar with. This album in particular I'm unfamiliar with, but I'm a huge Wasp fan. I mean, really, I am a huge Wasp fan, but I was really involved in the first three records, Hardcore, and then I lost sight of them for a long time, and then I went back and started getting into some of the stuff I missed, so now I get it in bits and pieces, and uh, this is another one that I missed. Yeah, and the song's got a little bit of punk flavor to it, right? It's not kind of started out with a punk flavor. <laughs> the funny part, I, <laughs> when I was looking this up, oh, you got to be kidding me. The Japanese version of the CD has Hate to Love Me as a karaoke version. So can you, can you imagine a bar in Japan, some dudes up there singing Hate to Love Me from Wasp at karaoke? <laughs> I like the fact that you've covered both hate and love. Yeah, I did that a couple of times today. I know, right? You're you're all over it. I'm dealing strictly with love in this first round, and you're dealing with both hate and love. You're an equal opportunity <laughs> employer on this. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, one of the things I like about that Wasp song is that, uh, like, Hammond B3 in the beginning, the very beginning, that organ yeah. sound, that's pretty cool. That's something you don't hear on Wasp records a whole lot. Yeah, that's true. That's great. Please make sure you subscribe to our podcast, Growing Up Rock, and leave us a review on iTunes. Give us a like and leave us a comment on Facebook at Growing Up Rock. All right. So just like Samantha said, subscribe to our podcast. We appreciate each and every one of you guys. You guys can also go to our webpage at growinguprock.com, G-R-O-W-I-N-U-P-R-O-C-K.com. Scroll down a little bit and hit that Amazon banner and go pick yourself up some of the killer rock and roll that you guys are hearing on this podcast. Or maybe just backfill some of those old cats logs with music or maybe you just need a six pack of mountain dew a couple of gatorades um you know whatever it is for your hygiene and we're all good but you can do that by going through our amazon link and it doesn't cost you a penny more ain't that right my man that's right you might need a snow shovel or maybe you need a broom. You may need a shovel to shovel some of the BS that goes around. Or maybe you need a broom to sweep out the trash. To bring the love back, please. All right. Here comes the love. Sorry. My bad. Let's get back to the love. But, you know, starting the love, it's all about the hate for me. <laughs> and I'm going to keep this real simple and free. This is a song that I like to refer to. Short and sweet. Hate you. Give it a listen.
Yeah, so you know, I'm I'm not a huge fan of King's X, but I'm not not a huge fan of King's X. That's that's not fair. I don't know a lot of King's X, and not a lot of King's X that I've heard connects with me. That being said, this song, there's something about the melody that makes me want to listen to it. So I don't know if it's the vocal phrasing's a little different, maybe. The course is so the song starts out and is in that lower key and it's so, you know, the lower tuning and it's so heavy, but the course is so melodic and it just feels good. And the songs, the lyrics to this song. So the lyrics are really short and sweet to this song. And it's really interesting when you read it because the lyrics are, I'll never hurt you. I'll never bring you down. I won't desert you. I'll always be around. You don't know how much I hate you. You don't know how much I hate you. I'll never kill you or make you feel afraid. I'll never beat you or make you feel ashamed. You don't know how much I hate you. You don't know how much I hate you. Now think about that. I mean, basically what I get out of that song is somebody who's so seriously trapped in whatever it is, the relationship, but there's love there. I mean, there's this this person, this character, whatever it is, they seriously love, right? Because they're saying, look, I'm never going to hurt you. I'm never going to bring you down. I can't leave you. I'll always be around. And because of that, they feel like, you know, I just, I hate that I feel this way. You know, that's yeah. kind of what I get out of it. I get it. Yeah. When I was listening to the song, I'm like, God, there's just maybe that's what it was. Maybe it was the message. Maybe it was his vocal phrasing. I'm not sure what it was, but I was connecting to this song going, well, maybe I should check out the rest of that album. Maybe that's an album that would just connect with me. I don't yeah, know. Tapehead came out in 94, I think, and it's got some really, really good shit on there. I mean, I think it's an underrated album. I think it's one that doesn't get talked about much in their catalog, but it's really, really good. It's kind of a dark-looking record, and it, it kind of has maybe some of the tuning in it is a little dark and heavy, but that's that record's got Groove Machine on it and a little bit of Soul, which I love so much. I think we played that one on the on the podcast before but right um, just yeah it's a great record so tapehead is the name of that record all right so my next pick is actually probably the one that charted the best yeah the song charted the best the album didn't because i gotta bring it up another one but one of my favorite female singers actually was only on the scene for like five years and it was from 87 to 92 and it was a band called soraya so the lead singer, Sandy Soraya, you know, if you were to listen to it now, she's the melodic side of Lizzie Hale, but doesn't have the screaming. She doesn't really do a lot of the screaming and stuff, but she had that same feel to it. And she was a better singer than Lita Ford, better singer than Joan Jett, in my opinion. And she was from New Jersey. So they were kind of marketing her as the female Bon Jovi, because we're talking 87 to 92. They were going to market her as a sex symbol. They were doing this like AOR melodic hard rock. They had keyboards, uh, actually incredible keyboardists, actually. They have an album that hit the top Billboard 200 at number 79. They had a song that got to number 64. That's the one we're going to play for you. Check this out, and then we'll talk about the guitar player when we come back. Song's called Love Has Taken Its Toll.
Yeah, so love Sandy Soraya, love this tune. Definitely an awesome, awesome song. There's some other good stuff on the record. The second record had some interesting stuff on it as well. Under the heading of, you know, useless information, Sandy Soraya also married to Brian Wheat, the bass player in Tesla, for some years. So Mrs. Soraya was Mrs. Wheat for some time as well. <laughs> The guitar player there was Tony Bruno Ray from Danger Danger, right? So, okay. I mean, they had talent in the band. They're, they're, that's not an issue. And not that my wife listens often to our podcast, but uh, I wanted to name my middle daughter Soraya, and Nicole wouldn't let me. Nicole, what's up with that? Come on now. <laughs> He's a slack off. <laughs> <laughs> This will probably be the one she listens to. She'll give me the stink eye when she sees me. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So that's enough uh, love and candy apples and marriage and uh, daughters and all this other crap. Now it's time for me just to get political and hateful. And there's no better way to get political and hateful than bring in our friend Dave Mustang. Here's a little bit of Megadeth for (laughs) you. Let's 
God, you got to love that riff. God, I fucking <laughs> I, love this song. I, I love if you're trying to make me hate you, it's working. God damn, this song. <laughs> that lyric is awesome. This song is so badass, man. This song is just, I when I first heard this song, because it wasn't on the, I, I had the original Dystopia record and it didn't have the Japanese bonus on it. And then I heard this song through, I don't know, it was on a playlist or Spotify or something like that. I'm like, what the hell is that? That's not on my dystopia record. And I found out it was a Japanese bonus, dude. I went right out and got that shit. I love that song. Yeah, Mustaine's voice, it's okay. Sometimes it gets to me. Uh, My brother loves Megadeth, but uh, his voice just grates on me sometimes. In this song, though, he's actually singing. So, like, sometimes he'll be, like, whining, like that, you know, and it gets to me. But this song, he doesn't do that. Yeah. If I had to rate myself a Megadeth fan, I mean, I'm a... I'm probably above average. I mean, I don't think I'm just a casual Megadeth fan. I think I'm a little bit ahead of of casual with Megadeth, but they're definitely not like, you know, if it if it comes down to Megadeth and Metallica for me, then I'm way more a Metallica fan, which probably a lot of people are. But yeah, I do like quite a bit of uh, Megadeth and uh, even some of the shit that gets shit on uh, by people I actually like as well. So. All right, my last pick, 1990. Haven't heard this one in a while. Lover's Lane, baby.
Gotta love Firehouse. Double platinum debut album. I feel bad for them that they ended up getting defined by Love of a Lifetime, but they wrote it, so I guess they got to live with it. But Leverty was always kind of an underrated guitarist because all all anybody ever remembers is the damn ballad. Yeah, well, I'm sure they laughed all the way to the bank because I'm pretty sure that uh, that song made them uh, a pretty penny. Yeah, I agree with that. <laughs> you know, my personal favorite off this record, I, I like Shake and Tumble. Oh, yeah, yeah. I like all she wrote. Their first two albums, I really liked. I mean, it just came, you know, it's probably three years too late, but the first two albums were really good. Yeah. No doubt. You wanted the best, and you got the best. The hottest band in the world, Kiss. It's time for your historic moment on Growing Up Rock. Time for our historic moment, dude. Love me to hate you, like you love me to hate you. You love me to hate you. 1989, Hot in the Shade, gotta love this song, play it.
All right, so what's the story with that song? Because that song's kind of, I don't know, man. I don't know if I'd love that song. What's the story with that one, my Kistoric historian? There's really no story. Well, first of all, Hot in the Shade was, it's rumored to be, I think it's somewhat true, that it was a bunch of demos, right? That they didn't really go in the studio and do it proper, but then songs like Forever did really well, so we're not sure. Paul, you know, Gene was out doing movies. Paul's doing a lot of the writing. And Paul likes the wordplay stuff. And this thing is, this song is kind of about, you want me, but you don't, you want the bad me. Like you don't want the good me, right? Because there's, there's something about, you know, how people say like the sex is better after you have a fight, the makeup sex or whatever. It's, it's one of those things. It's almost like Paul talking to a girl. This is my opinion. Maybe it's not true, but it's like. Paul talking to a girl going like, you don't want the lovey dovey me. You want me to like really do you well kind of thing. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. I don't, you know, I'm trying to remember what, what I said about this song on the podcast rock city episode I did with uh, Jody and uh, Chris, cause we covered hot in the shade on PRC and yeah, I don't remember what my opinion of this song was, but going back and listening to this song before this show, I was kind of like, yeah, that's not one of my favorite ones off that record. (laughs) Well, dude, I mean, we've come to the end of this episode, and I did promise a bunch of people at the top of the show that I would get off my chest exactly what I wanted to get off my chest. And so uh, I think probably now is a good time for me to do that, don't you? Sure. All right, cool. So we here at the Growing Up Rock Podcast are all about peace, love, and most of all, rock and roll, because that's what we're here for is the music, not a bunch of other stuff, so to speak, that I left after I turned 16 and high school. But anyway, I'll leave it at that, brother. (laughs) (laughs) I'll, I'll speak for myself. I'll take accountability to making anybody feel bad that felt bad about whatever. I'll let other people take accountability to how they reacted to it. And I'll leave it at that. Okay. Fair enough. All right. So, uh, great episode. I want to thank everybody for listening, hanging with us. Love the feedback, no matter what it is, I'll take whatever feedback people want to give. There was some tough feedback this week, but you know, we just kind of take it in stride. So thank you for listening. And, uh, who's doing the shuffle route and roll? Is it you? Uh, sure. I'll do the shuffle, rattle, and roll. All right, folks. Until next week, and we got some good interview episodes coming up, some top fivers coming up for you. So, got some good episodes coming up for you. Until next week, you guys all take care. Peace, love, and rock and roll. Later. Get ready to shuffle, rattle, and roll. Play us out, boys. Places to go. People to see time is precious. I look at my cardiac out of control. Just like my mind, where I'm going, no women.
in the shorties, no nothing, my clothes. No stopping at my Pirelli's on. Unlike my Kiwi, that's always on. I know the storm is coming, my pockets keep telling me it's gonna shower. Call up my homies, it's on and popping the night, cause it's meant to be ours. We keep a fadeaway shot, cause we ballin' this partner, Patron, be power. Look, mama, owl, you just like the flowers. Girl, you the truth with all that goody power, It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 